Keeper. What's up, buddy? Not much, man. Just uh, chilling. Excited to talk about some music. Dude. Cool new two albums. Good, dude. Yeah, well, I was going to... I'm already recording, so we'll get right into that. I, I have it downloaded, uh, but I haven't right. even begun to listen to it yet because I haven't... All right, can I... Yep, go ahead. Can I suggest something to you? Yep. Don't, like, when you listen to this album, don't, like, be walking around doing shit, like, Sit down either with A, with headphones, yep, or have something that's loud and just relax and listen to it because it's like, it's worth just to listen to the whole album. That's why I haven't started listening yet because I've been at work um, and just haven't had a chance to listen to it in the right environment yet. So I'm probably going to throw it in. The van has, uh, the moto van has, you know, a, a tenant subwoofer and six by nines and an amp and Perfect. On the way to Swan tomorrow for the Pro Challenge, I'm going to rock that shit out on the way over. Perfect. Because that, that would be good. That's what I do. Like, to me, either A, headphones for me. Yep. Um, laying, and laying in bed. Or or B, driving, like, either to Pulp or to Steve's house or whatever and just cranking it and listening to it. You know, that's the best way to do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I, it was very difficult to not listen to it while I was at work today in and out of the truck, but I was just, I couldn't do it. I, I have to hear, I have to experience it, right? Oh, dude, it's good. Like, uh, I'm really, I'm really surprised. I'm, I shouldn't be surprised, but I am. <laughs> you know, you shit goes through listening people. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Maynard didn't go south. It's really good. It, it sounds a lot like they're, there. I'm trying to think. Their self-titled album, I think. Yeah. Uh, well, let's see. Okay. So under or ten thousand days. No. Was yeah. So undertow. Undertow. Okay. Yeah. yeah the one of the early ones. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm so. looking forward to it. I saw some people on Facebook that was like, "Oh, it's all just instrumental. It's half half instrumental." I'm like every album they do is half instrumental. Man, Thank come on. Thank you. That's so. what makes it awesome, dude. It's dark. Yeah. I love it. Cannot wait. Well, yeah, this this uh, started off just right. So uh, <laughs> I don't even know we're recording. So yeah, well, you, you know what? The last time we did something, we had like great conversation before the show started. So and we didn't yeah. record it. So I was like, I'm hitting record as soon as the phone rang. Oh yeah, man. So uh, so I came. So when I called you, I was in the shop finishing up some stuff for the week, and and that's when I listened to. This is my third time listening to it today. So really, it was cranking in the show. But this time, I had my kid out there with me. So he got to really experience the whole, you know, Maynard experience. Yeah. What do you think? And, uh, well, he, the thing, he's a rap kid, right? Sure. And I am not, I'm not rap. I'm out. Right. So, uh, I saw, he didn't say anything. I just saw him bobbing his head a little bit. So to me, that's the plan. Yeah. That's funny. So, I have, I have, I sent you the notes on this a couple, I don't know, a couple months ago when we first started talking about this. And I have stuff about Aiden in the notes, but since you already brought him up, you know, I've got a kid that's 21, so di- also yep. a different generation. Um, I brought him up with metal, took him to see Black Label Society, took him to see Clutch, took him to see Candlebox. He was into all that stuff. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, just like Aiden, 
it's all hip hop. It's all it's been for the last probably ten years of, of his life now. And like I don't know, I don't understand. I just I can't. You know, I, you you and I, I are the same age. It. I mean, we almost yeah. we grew up with Run DMC and LL Cool J, and I was like, all right, I can do that. But like, I don't get right. it anymore. I don't either. So I grew up uh, NWA. Yep. Easy E. Dre, Snoop, like that. I like that. That was the Chronic album was good. It had a lot of instrumental stuff. Like, I just don't get some of the like, um, what do they call it when they speak into something in front of the singer? What is that thing that they do? When they like Addy the... wouldn't, Nap would know. We were talking about it the other day, and I pissed now, but I remember. Hey, Aiden, what's that thing when you're rapping? And the yeah, but it's like voice. It's like the voice sounds all weird. Is it screwed or something oh, like that? Auto tuned. Auto. Oh, oh, okay. There used to be something called screwed, where they do with hip hop, where it would sound all robotic. But yeah, the auto tune, same thing. Yeah, dude, get this. Everyone so, is auto tuned. Yeah, at St. Louis last year, we're talking. I'm sitting around with Tyler and Adam and Tanat, and we're talking about music. And it's like, yeah, what about you know this Public Enemy? The guys from Public Enemy just came out with a new album with the guitar player from Rage Against the Machine. They're like, who's you know? He, Addy didn't know who Public Enemy was. I said, how can you be into hip hop and not know the history? Right. Sad man. Sad yeah. day. So the good news is sometimes I freak out on Aiden because I can't stand it. So I'm like, <laughs> okay. But now he's coming around. He's like, Dad, I'm listening to this song, this other song. And he's listening to old school stuff. So I'm like, okay. So it's coming around little by little. Yeah. Like, we'll listen to some old NWA. I'm into that. I can do that sometimes. I'm good with that. And then he really likes um, Easy E. So we'll try to listen to that. But sometimes it's pretty early for Sure, so sure. Like, kind of back that down a little bit but uh I, here's the thing i'm sure he's listening to stuff without me so of course we were i'd rather him listen to exactly you know i was speaking in my room with an nwa right so yeah i get it i remember the first time i heard appetite for destruction i had headphones on i was about 13 and when axel starts throwing out the f word over and over i was like oh shit don't need my parents to hear this because this would go in the trash right away the, the thing is um so with axel I was in. I, I liked Appetite. That was good. I liked that stuff. It was hard, but I am a, more of a softer kind of rock guy. So when Use Your Illusion One and Two came out, I was really all in on Guns N' Roses. Yeah, that's something I want to talk to you about. Um, and I actually, when I, I did some stuff with Pookie the other night, and we were talking about music, and and you know the music that you're into, the Goo Goo Dolls, great bands. Oh, I'm not going to take anything so away good. from those guys. Are you are you hating already? No, but it's it's a little bit softer rock. I okay, kind of consider yeah. it more like a girly rock than what I'm okay. into. Okay. But so let's get into this. Good. I can't wait. Let's get into this because I really want to talk about this. Go ahead. Okay. It's just I when I think like I think of what I like, you know, hard rock and metal. Like that's manly music, right? And then like the Goo Goo yep. Dolls is kind of like a. And I don't know. You're you're a uh, emotional guy, man. You're a romantic, so it sort of fits. <laughs> but so am I. You know, honestly, so am I. But but I just. And I don't have anything against the Goo Goo Dolls or some of those softer bands. Like they, they're great, but they're not. Right. I still think of them as more of a girly band. So, um, okay. wh- why do you love this music so much? Okay, so this is a, this is a long answer. Hey, before you start, okay, your so, phone's cutting yeah. in and out a little bit. It's kind of a bad signal. Are you you have a better spot? Let me see. Hold on. Let me see if I can move here. Okay. How's that? Is that better? Yeah, it's a little better. Okay, so for me. Uh, let me ask you this question first. So, do you even listen to the words um, of the music? Do you care about the lyrics? Not as much as most people. It's more about the music itself. 
Okay, so for me, I am more, um, I'm 60-40, so I'm 60% lyrics, 40% the music, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, I guess how I was raised, and I grew up with a disabled mother, and I took care of my mom a lot, so I probably saw shit and had to do shit that most 13 to 18-year-olds didn't have to do. So I think some of that, how I was raised and how I was brought up, brings me to how I am with music. So I relate a lot of things to my life experiences or things that happened to me, or I even go as far as uh, I put myself in other people's position when I read the lyrics and how gnarly what they go through, I guess. Yeah. So I'm not so emo where I'm like, oh, I want to listen to Dashboard Confessional and hide in my room and cry and yeah, shit yeah, like yeah. that. So yeah. I'm not that gnarly at don't get me wrong, I've done that at times, but <laughs> it's not something I want to do every single day. So, with that being said, I don't think I've ever been told, only my wife knows this, so this is actually going to be really good for you. <laughs> I love it. So, um, for some reason, and you can ask my wife, she knows, she knows when I like a song or something, because no shit, Dark Side. I could just be doing whatever, and if there's some kind of piano or some kind of um, guitar riff, or just anything, it strikes something in me, and I will literally start crying for no fucking reason. Okay. And that is that is when I know I really like a song, because it'll be something inside of me that'll give me goosebumps, and I'm serious. I'm not, like, crying because I'm sad, but yeah. whatever the reason is, it just fucking hits me, and I'm like, wow, that okay. is awesome. So... For me, like Goo Dolls, that's done that to me. Lifehouse has done that to me. And no shit, this new Tool album, totally off the different style of music, has done that to me as well. So yes. it could be uh, a sad song. It could be a good song. Angels and, Air Angels and Airwaves, another out other band that really blows my mind. Like I, I don't think Tom is that good of a singer, honestly, but their music, I'm just into. I like it. I like music that takes me somewhere. Yes. I love music that builds up and then has a climax. I love all of that. Like when something starts slow and then just kicks in, <laughs> that really fucking gets me going. So I can't listen just to gnarly just, yeah. I'm just not built that way. To me, that doesn't do anything for me. It has to take me somewhere. And I think most of the music, I should say most, some of the music that you like, doesn't take me anywhere. Okay. So, we, um, what do you think I like? I actually like you like Megadeth okay. and like uh, Guar and just gnarly shit like okay. that. Okay, I do love Megadeth. Megadeth is not as heavy as you think they are, but honestly, my fa okay, my all-time two favorite bands, I cannot pick one, it depends on my mood, is Tool and the 80s band Great White because they're, they're a blues rock band. Those are my two favorite okay. bands. Those two singers, Jack Russell and Maynard Keenan, blow me away. But I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Almost everything you said, music is emotional. It should invoke emotions. Um, that's why, like the, what you said about starting off, you kind of s slow and then hitting this yeah. power side. There's like the power balance of the '80s. Like I remember you from Skid Row. Those songs song. are just amazing. But speaking of crying, I'm gonna, I'll put myself out there. I got to okay. see the Eagles. Um, <laughs> I got to see the Eagles right before Glenn Fry died, just a few months before he died. And wow. the show that I, the tour I went on was the history of the Eagles. 
So Glenn and um, mine's, uh, Don Hanley, they come out and they discuss how they met, playing with Linda Ronstadt, and they say, well, you know, we got together, we wrote this song, and they sit down together, and they just play acoustically, the two of them, the first couple songs they played. And I was That's in that. tears because it was right. so amazing and so emotional. It's yeah, so exactly. I'm with you, man. I have no problem admitting that. And here's the thing. It's not every single day that I'm sure. looking for that thing, too. And that's what's so, for me, if it wasn't dirt bikes, I would either A, be around football, or B, music somehow. Because I feel like those three things in my life are, is the constant all the time. Yeah. So what sucks is I know how to play the guitar a little bit, but honestly, like, I'm wired. I don't have patience. <laughs> yeah. And... So, as you know, as a dirt bike guy, I'm constantly moving, doing things. Da, 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 yep, yep. So, for me to sit down and try to learn to play the guitar is very rough for me. I would, if you asked me, like, what instrument, if I could pick one, what would I want to play? It would be one of two things, the piano or just the guitar, those two things. Because I feel like those two things really, like, inspire me to do, um, just inspire me, period, throughout my day. Like that kind of music. So yeah. when there's a lot of piano in a song, that really gets me. Or a really good guitar riff. In acoustic stuff is insane. Like what you said. Like I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So but but going back to like the hard thing. Like I but that I'll go drive somewhere with Aiden. We'll be going the track and we'll listen to Metallica. Yeah. And I love Metallica. Like everything. Like even their hard stuff. I like that. But I'm more of the soft rock. Um, Fade to black kind of music guy, yeah. Versus just having that hard stuff on most of the time. Okay, yeah. I kind of my iPod is mixed. It's all rock based, other than like some stuff yes. with like Lady Gaga, where she's just with the piano, like you're talking about. But yes. other, other than that, it's pretty much all. It goes from the Eagles and Bad Company to Skid Row to Tool to a little bit of like really heavy stuff like Lamb of God, but very little of that. So. <laughs> But, oh God, that's gnarly. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I didn't like that stuff. I, I like the music. I don't like the vocals. But I, my buddy, one of my best friends, plays guitar for Madonna. But he's a metalhead. He plays that's in metal badass. bands, too. So a couple years ago, we flew to Atlanta to see Madonna the night before. Anthrax and Lamb of God is playing across town. He's friends with those guys. Oh boy. So he's wow. like, hey, let's go over. We'll go see the show. We'll go backstage. We'll meet everybody. I love Anthrax growing up. Um, Lamb of God just blew me away. Like I was like, holy shit, these guys are good um, right so that's kind of how i got but typically that's not the kind of vocals i like the growling where you I, i'm not generally into that but i yeah. do like the music i do have that kind of stuff i told you before i ride with music i have little earbuds built into my helmet basically um oh wow and i put up i can't do that a lot of people say that but it, it kind of makes me not think so much i just ride so yeah, see, but, I need to think. Okay, so I'm the opposite. But while I'm because that's why I get, I get arm pump because I'm thinking too damn much. So I play like heavy heavy music while I'm riding, and it gets me fired up, mm-hmm. and and it's good. But anyway, I, I got off the topic here. But hey, let's step back just a little bit, just for a minute. Hold, hold on. So hold yep, on. Go ahead. So when you let me ask you a question. Okay. So I grew up around music like uh, since I was nine years old. My family would have barbecues, and we'd have speakers outside, and we would have always had music on and stuff. And I grew up, uh, like, really um, polar opposites of music. Like, we listened to Cream, Rolling Stones, The Doors, yeah. a lot of old school rock. And then my dad would play Richard Marks, just out of nowhere. <laughs> Hold you know? on so, to the memories. Yeah, exactly. Just crazy shit. So I guess that's kind of where I get all of my uh, music background from. And that's, I'm not just one genre. 
I was anti-country for a long time, Oof. but I actually really like country. I have listened to it a lot. And, uh, wow. Yeah, I'm just all over the map like you. I'm just not as, I don't, my scale doesn't go as high as you, I guess. Yeah, I, I well, I'm absolutely out on country music, unless it's classic country, you know, Merle Haggard, stuff like that. The new stuff, the stuff that Heather likes, nah, I'm out, dude. Yeah, and she's like Luke Bryan and all that. And, and to me, it just sounds like soft rock. It doesn't sound like country. But you can tell, like, the, when I listen to the lyrics, it's so just, like, vanilla. Yeah. And you can just tell some dude wrote it just quick so he knows it's going gonna, it's gonna to sell. Well, like, I can totally see that in those songs. Yeah. You know, let's, let's talk about summertime and drink a beer. <laughs> like, duh, of yeah. course that's going to fucking be popular. That's what right. everyone does, right? Well, so it's like, I, there's no thought behind it. Yeah, do you listen to Stern at all? Uh, yeah, I do. Okay, so a few years ago, he had a guy that was part of Sony Records or somebody. It was probably 10 years ago now. I don't remember what record label, but he said that they love country music. Because Howard asked him, he's like, hey, what's up with country music? You know, he hates country music. He said, we love country music because we can take any artist or group that cannot make it in pop music, can't sell records, can't sell records in rock. We can put a cowboy hat on them and some tight jeans, and it'll sell because country music fans are the most accepting of mediocrity. Mm, I'll be damned. Which makes well, sense to me. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, and it just like seems like every song that they write about, no, I shouldn't say every, I'm not going to use that. A lot of the yes. songs are about hanging out, drinking, partying, or, you know, getting back at their exes, either <laughs> side, boy or girl, you know? Right, so right. I think that's, that's freaking, that's America. Yes. Think about it. That's what Americans love. They love kicking back, drinking, no stress. Uh, everyone's gone through a breakup, so it's just like, let's write shit about that so we can sell records. Yeah. That's how I feel. I'm in the heart of that here in East Texas, so I, I <laughs> people like to go to the mud park and go mudding and, and listen to their country music. Exactly, rednecking. Yeah, yeah. All right, so you kind of touched on my first main topic, which was your first memories of music, but do you, was there a song, one song in particular, that was the first song where you, that really caught you, and you're like, okay, mm -hmm. this means something to me? Wow, that's a good one. Uh, man, now you're from the spot. So there's a couple. Okay. And, it's, and maybe it's gone back before that, but honestly um, – Michael Jackson Thriller. Oh yeah, uh, that that was my first experience with a full album that I listened to in my in my my room. I had a little Sony cassette thing. Yep. Um, I don't know what they. It's a small little rectangle thing where you just kind of you held it and it was like a you put the cassette in and slammed it down and pushed play. It was really small. Yeah. Um. Oh, not a Walkman, but so, similar, right? Yeah, exactly. A little portable one. Right? Yeah. Um. So Michael Jackson was was something that I listened to a lot. I liked um, that album, and uh, I also I was very little, and I used to watch that movie Thriller when he used to change into a werewolf. Yeah, yeah, the making of, yeah. yeah. So I was, I was with something I was like, oh, that was scary. I want to watch that. So that's what I remember of music. And then also, a little bit older, U2, um, that song uh, was also huge for me. I listened to it. For some reason, I only bought the single. You know when they had the singles on the cassette? Oh, yeah, and they usually had a B-side on the back, on the other side. Yes, exactly. So I never listened to that B-side. I always listened to that the song one. <laughs> Just one rewound last, it. One love. I always remember that. I used yeah. to say that. Um, and then after that, I don't know what it is about the Jacksons, but I had a thing for Janet Jackson. So I used to have her poster in my room. Like the Control um, album or after? No, the one where the guy's holding their titties. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. 
I don't remember what that was called, so, but I, I liked Control. I was kind of into it at that time, but I hadn't discovered Control. rock and roll yet. That was a good song too. That was yeah, that was a little early for me, but I do remember that. That was cool. Yeah, but, you're, uh, yeah, you're a couple years younger than me, so I think I was in like the fourth grade when that came out. Yeah, um, the Janet Al, I think it was Janet, and I think it was uh, like I said, the, the guy was holding the boobs. Yep. It's the um, they had a couple songs there that were really popular that she had out, and that whole album was pretty good. So I think that is my first mainstay of really listening to music, but. Okay. Like I said, man, I was just brought up on all different kinds of stuff, and um, like I think we talked about this before. I used to ask my parents if I could take because I had a ranchero, you know, my badass ranchero <laughs> I had back in the day. Yeah, if I could take the ranchero to um, the warehouse, which was the music store, and see if I could go buy the Pearl Jam album at midnight because when it drops, I wanted yep. to go buy it. So yep. I I did that a couple times with Pearl Jam albums because I loved Pearl Jam. I went and saw. Them and Neil Young in San Francisco. Oh, yeah. Um, that was my first concert that I ever went to. Um, so that was fun. So, yeah, I just that's kind of stuff I remember, you know, waiting for an album to drop. And I would hear about, it, okay, it's going to be released at midnight, and then just stand in line and wait for the CD. You know, that was kind of cool. Yeah, see, and, and I have in my notes to talk about the way things have changed, the way people now like Aiden take in music. They just YouTube or download, and it's just one song. Like they don't wait for that album to come out, and you can't wait to unwrap it and pull out the the jacket and read the lyrics and and that yeah. you know, like when you and I grew up, you know, like I remember going same thing, taking the bus when we lived in Hawaii to go to the record store to get GNR Lies or yeah. numerous other albums, you know. And then you have to decide between cassette and record. There weren't there wasn't even CDs at that point, you know, and like it was an experience. You couldn't wait. Uh, yeah. Yep. It's it's kind of sad, yeah, it was the you know. Same I feel... way, man. I'd go get that. I'd go get that CD. I would drive home, and obviously the drive home was ten minutes, so I wouldn't get through the whole CD. So I would sit in my driveway uh, and try to listen to the whole CD before I went to bed. And then my dad would walk out. Be, what the hell are you doing? And I would let, tell him, Hey, this is what I'm doing. And actually, my dad was cool. He was really cool, man. I'd come out talking, and you know, one o'clock in the morning, and <laughs> listen to listen to some of it. See oh, if that's he liked cool. it. He never did like anything, but at least he tried, you know. Yeah. Yeah, my parents weren't into music really. I kind of discovered everything on my own. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I well, I shouldn't say that. My mom, as a kid, I do remember her listening to like Kenny Rogers and Mickey Gilly, which was, but oh, she yeah. didn't have a passion for music. So it, I just the first song I remember hearing was about I was about seven years old, and I was walking into a dentist office with my babysitter, and somebody drove by with. Joan Jett's I Love Rock and Roll Playing. And I remember thinking, like, I still remember the moment, like, that's different. That's interesting. Like, that guitar riff at that age yep. caught me. Really? Yeah, so. Yeah, Joan Jett was cool. Pat Benatar, we listened to both of them, like, growing up, too. Like, both of them was really popular in my house. Absolutely. That's cool. You, Yeah, you got to grow up with a little different music scene than I did. Um, how about your teenage years? You know, going to parties, hanging out with your friends. Like, what was the thing you were into at that time frame? So for me, like uh, like I said, I always thought back then that's when you had to have a system in your in your vehicle that was cool. Yep. I never really we never really had the money to get something um, until I was like you know just after eighteen and I can try to work to get a system in my vehicle. I always had old trucks and brand new bikes, so that's kind of <laughs> how I was raised. And uh, just you know a rundown piece of shit stereo. Um, as for me, I was always the DD because I never really got heavy into drinking or partying. I, I'd go to parties and I'd have fun, but um, I was known as the guy who would take everyone home. So Same here. Uh, it's funny because I would blast, and it was weird because I guess I was a little bit more into rap-ish 
kind of back then. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would let, like I said, I would listen to Dre a lot, and uh, for some reason I remember always having Sir Mix a lot in my, and so I, I remember um, I had an El Camino, and when I bought the El Camino, it did come with it had two twelves in the back. So I thought I just made it, right? Hell so I yeah. this system is the first one I had. Yeah. And it had like a Kenwood deck where you could take the face off. You know, if you had the one, <laughs> yes. you could carry it with you. Detachable you face. You were fucking bawling out if you yeah. had the detachable face. So I had that, and I always used to blast Baby Got Back before I'd rolled into these parties. And it, the whole back of the El Camino was shaped. So <laughs> for some fucked up reason, I thought that was a cool thing to do, and I would pull shit. But that was my deal. So I would start it, and I would time it. I would, <laughs> I would wait down the road and like find the perfect like part of the song, and then roll into the driveway. Right. So it would be like the fucking perfect moment. Yep. So I would time it, and uh, <laughs> for some reason, when you brought that up, that's what I remember doing. So that's I, funny. I did dumb shit like that. I don't know why. I did yeah. shit like that too, man. Trust me, the same, very similar. But it was usually like. Uh, you know the the perfect guitar solo or something, but yeah, I right. Actually, I just wanted everyone to hear my my uh, subs just bump yeah. because then the chicks would come out and be like, "Hey, let me see it. Let me check in your car. Let me check it out." And then you give them the car, and then you know you know what happens. Let's go for a ride. Yeah, exactly. That was a good album though. That had their their version of Iron Man and uh, man, what, oh, yeah. like, there was something uh, Square Dance Hop or Square Dance. I can't remember that that, that album had a bunch of good stuff on it. Sir makes a lot album. Yeah, so it was like I had a little mix of a little mix of uh, rap. I had a lot of Pearl Jam, a lot of Nirvana, um, Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah, those were my like rock bands. All the grunge rock, I was really into. I loved it. Like, I loved Pearl Jam. Like the Black, the song Black, I yes. was my like breakup song when I took you to fuck me over. I right. was just in the car going. I'd be like all jacked uh, up and shit. So, um, you you and I are very similar. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Same thing, man. Those same feelings from that album. Yeah. That. <laughs> this is a hilarious. live album was awesome. That was a great. That was a great album. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh no, it was ten. It was ten. It was ten. Ten. That's right. Yeah, that yeah. was the first big one. Yeah, that was the one that I still go. I still go back to that album. It's got so many good songs on it. They kind of wear Jeremy spoken out on the radio, but. Fantastic. Yeah, every other song's great. Yep. Like Garden is awesome, Porch, all of that stuff. And um, the last song on that album, I, I watched a documentary from Eddie Vedder and he talked about it. it was his dad. And his dad wasn't you know, didn't believe in what he was gonna do. And I God, I wish I could pull that up and tell you what song anyway. I know, I'm thinking of that, it too. It's badass. Um Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, I can't I do it. Right. That up. But I know what you're talking about because uh, yeah, that's that's one of the best songs on there. It seems like it's a single word title. Yeah, yeah, it is. And then so that song I really remember playing a lot. That last song on that album was really good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how about like music videos? Was that important to you at at because uh, that was you kind of were growing up at the time where MTV was just about to go away? I think. No, dude, I was heavy at MTV. So okay. My early years, younger teenage years. That's when. Uh, uh, there was what? There was TRL. I remember TRL. Yep. That was kind of big. I wasn't into that so much. See, I remember but, Dial um, MTV. Do you remember that? Yep. Oh, yeah. Dial MTV. Yep. I remember that. Yeah. I that... was really young then, but I do remember watching that. Um, but for me, yeah, MTV, there was a. Uh, I used to stay up late and watch Headbangers Ball. Yeah. 
So I was, uh, Ricky Rackman. It, was always Beavis, it was always Beavis and Butthead and Headbangers Ball. Because Headbangers Ball always followed up after Beavis and yeah. Butthead. Um, so, yeah, I would stay up late. And I remember it's kind of, I have a sister, and we'd be like, hey, you going to stay up? I think it was Friday night. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're like, hey, do you want to stay up late and watch uh, Beavis and Butthead and Headbangers Ball? So we would stay up late, hang out, like lay a blanket on the ground and just hang out. So, uh, oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, right. so I do remember that was a good time. It, it sucks, too, because a lot of the music, the old music that I listen to now, it takes me back to the video. I can still remember the video. Uh-huh. So for me, I always like that because sometimes I may have not liked the song. Like, perfect example for me, Take On Me by AHA. I don't give a <laughs> fuck about the song, but I love the fucking video. All right. So to me, like, I'm like, I don't care about this song, but the video is so cool with the dude on the bike and yeah. saving a chick, and, and it's like all scripted in pencil or whatever they did, and it was just weird. And I was like, so now when the song came on, I wouldn't, I wouldn't skip it. I would listen to it, you know. Okay. So for me, videos was yeah, they were really important for me to kind of tie into music. Yeah, I, you know, you, you talked about Beavis and Butthead, and we moved to Texas in '91, uh, summer of '91, and that's about the time that that came out, I think, because. The week I moved to Texas, I moved to a town called Longview, Texas. Big, big church here that has a lot of power. And I'm watching Headbangers Ball the first Friday night I'm here. And the new MTV news comes on and it says something along the lines of, you know, in 32 countries, MTV's been watched around the world. But in Longview, Texas, starting next week, MTV will be banned on their local cable. And I freaked. What? Yeah, they banned MTV for years. Um, oh, wow. So I missed all that. Uh, yeah, the first year, the first week I moved to Texas, MTV was banned, and I was told I had to cut my hair to go to the school I go to because of the dress code. So right, it was uh, yeah, it was not good. You, you know, what my favorite thing about MTV was this a little bit later was uh, MTV Unplugged. Yes, I got to see those I later. I loved MTV Unplugged. Oh, the Allison Chains one. MTV Unplugged was insane. Allison Chains was insane. Like that was my favorite thing. Like when they started doing shows like that, mm-hmm. uh, man, I was. I was trying to record it, you know, I was doing whatever I could, you know. So, yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, how about concerts? What was your first concert you ever saw? Uh-huh. And then tell me your favorite concert you you ever saw. And I, I, I want to know about the Rolling Stones the other night, too. But let's let's start with yeah. the first one. You're really making it hard for me. So, yeah. my first one was Pearl Jam and Neil Young. Like I said, I saw them at the, I think, Golden Gate, near the Golden Gate Bridge huge concert so my memory from that there was an old racer named mike pascarella okay and mike pascarella was the 1989 rookie of the year at supercross so he lived here in the high desert so he we rode together he was older than me of course but we rode together a lot so he actually moved up to vacaville and he's like Kiefer, come up here i want to take you to a concert pearl jam neil young i'm like who the fuck's neil young i didn't know anything about neil <laughs> right. Young, right uh so it was, oh yeah, I forgot. It was Neil Young, Pearl Jam, and Bad Religion. Oh wow, I like those guys. That's that's a weird yeah. set, right? Or a weird, right? weird so uh, lineup. I, was, I didn't know anything about Bad Religion, and then I was a fan of Bad Religion after I left that night. So yep. we get up to, I think it was like, um, it was Bad Religion, Neil Young, and then Pearl Jam was last. So I remember kind of creeping up to the stage, and, and you got to remember, this whole like grass, you know, it's all stand-up only, um, I tried to push my way towards near the front, right? So, yeah. And I didn't know any better. So I was maybe 25 to 50 feet away from the front you know, fence area where the stage was. And and as soon as I got up there, I was like, sweet. And then 
Pearl Jam came on to do their set, everybody rushed up so hard. Like, I was pressed against another guy. I, I couldn't even move, oh, right? Wow. I'm, like, glued into all the sea of people. And then they started, and they, they opened up with a live. Mm-hmm. And uh, the whole crowd started swaying back and forth. So <laughs> I'm, And I was just stuck, right? Yeah, yeah. You couldn't do anything, Dark Side. You were just in for the ride. So I remember that. That was swaying back and forth. Freaking everyone smoking weed. I'm like, oh my god, I'm 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 gonna get high. I'm I'm done, right? <laughs> so I managed to get the hell out of there because I was like having a attack, like saying I'm gonna die. So uh, that was a great concert. That was a great experience for me, and that kind of opened my eyes up to music a little bit more because um, I always heard music is isn't as good live, and to me, it was actually better. Every time I went to a concert, most of the time, music was always better for me. So, yep. um, and then I, it kind of took a few years till I went to another concert and that was, I think I was maybe 15 years old then, 15 or 16. Okay. And then my favorite, God, this is the hard part, my favorite concert. Oh, I don't yeah. think I could pick one to be honest. So if you don't have a favorite, just, you know, give me a couple. No, no, I got a favorite. So Heather and I went to, um, go see Counting Crows, Goo Goo Dolls and a band called Augustana. Okay. So, and that was at the Irvine Spectrum. And to me, I love, absolutely love Counting Crows and yep. I love Google Dolls. And that was about, I don't know, I would say eight years ago, seven, eight years ago. And I didn't know anything about Augustana. And that whole, every single song, every single band that, you know, all of them that went up there was a hit. It sounded great. Me and Heather had a great time. Uh, that was probably the best live experience that I've had because it, I was near the front of the stage and uh, Counting Crows. I don't know if you know much about Adam and Counting Crows, but he's kind of an out there weirdo guy. Yeah, yeah. So he will go on a tangent before a song and talk about why he wrote the song. Um, and just kind of, I like knowing about the background of the song because we, as people listening to the music, we have it in our mind what the song's about, but then you listen to the songwriter, and it's totally different. Yeah. So for me, I thought that was cool to hear some some different uh, aspects of each song from him, and of course, Johnny and the guys at Google Dolls. Heather's in love with them. I think she'd leave me for those guys, but <laughs> nonetheless, they have a lot of of songs that was uh, got me through a lot of times in my life. So that was really cool to spend all those times with Heather and kind of collaborate all of that stuff with my wife because sure. a lot of that a lot of that goo goo doll stuff was before heather and i got together so uh heather wasn't all in on goo goo dolls when i met her so she got to know them and we grew together with with them so it was i don't know man that was just a cool experience to share with my wife yeah and of course the music was awesome as well yeah, that's cool. I, I, I've had a chance. My fiance Amber, who you met at Denver, was uh, she kind of grew up around country music. She's into Christian bands like Skillet and some other Christian music, but I've introduced her to bands like Iron Maiden and stuff like that. And to see her slinging some hair around a little bit, it's, it, it's, it's a pretty cool. It's a bonding experience, you know? So, yeah, I get it. So, I, it's a funny story. So, Heather, um, she listens to country and she likes that bubblegum, poppy bullshit, Britney Spears. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I, it's tough, dude. Yeah. It's tough for me to get through that shit. Sure. But I can. It, I mean, it's fun. It's fun for a minute. You know, I'm like, ah, eh, that's great. It's a fun time. But 
for her to like some of the stuff, I just, I used to, I listened to a band called Dangerous Summer. So if you don't know who that, that is, look them up. It's okay. kind of like a, it's punk band a little bit, but has soft angel, angels and airwaves tones to them. And I discovered it because actually one of their songs was the, the opening for some kind of show that Steve had on Pulp. And I forgot, Swisscore had it up there. And I'm like, that sounds cool. Yeah. I wonder who that is. So I looked them up, found them. I've really started getting into Dangerous Summer, and dude, it is great. Like, it's probably one of the, like, if you ask me what do I listen to the most, I would say Dangerous Summer is the band I listen to the most. Wow, okay. And Heather uh, wasn't into it at all. So fast forward to recently, well, a couple months ago, um, they came up with a new album. She, I said, hey, you need to, because this is what I do. I, I call her and say, hey, this band has a new album. You to download it. I make her download it, right? Like I force it. Okay. Like if there was a rape of music, I'm raping my wife to listen to my music. Right. right. So she she gets it, and I say, okay, I just just like what I told you at the open the show. I go, you sit down, you relax, you listen to music, put the headphones on. I won't bother you. I really want her to listen to it, right? Yeah. So she does, and Dark Side, she loved it, right? Like I was fucking shocked. Like, she loved it. And the reason why I know is because she runs every other day, and she listens to it. She's like, wow, this is really good. And then when I get in her Jeep, it's it's on there. That's cool. And I'm like, fuck, that's badass. So she's listened to Dangerous Summer a lot. She went with me to the concert. We went to them to see them at a, at a dive bar. She likes them a lot. Well, now the lead singer, AJ, follows her on Instagram, and it <laughs> fucking pisses me off. <laughs> Oh, that's great. And I'm like, she's like, she screenshotted me the other day, and she's like, guess who's following me? I'm like, fuck off. Are you serious? <laughs> the dude is following your wife. I'm like, see what happens when you have big tits and blonde hair? You get all this shit. And I'm like, fuck, man. I was so pissed off that one of my favorite bands. So then, <laughs> so I'm like complaining for a month and a half. I'm yeah. pissed off. And, and uh, so a month and a half later, he follows me, and I'm like, okay, we're cool again. We're all good. Like, I'm, I'm okay. So <laughs> I was stoked. It's a, it's a good band, man. So Dangerous I'm going to check him out. out. It's out there, so. That's awesome. I'm going to definitely check him out. Um, all right, so you just saw The Stones, so I want to hear a little bit about that, and, and what's another bucket list band to see in concert? Okay, so uh, I had two bucket lists recently right, that I checked off. So I had three, but Heather denied me. I really wanted to see Tom Petty. She cock-blocked. Tom. Oh, that sucks. Um, yeah, I really wanted to see him bad. So, uh, Rolling Stones, dude, for 75, 78 real dudes, insane how good Mick Jagger moves around. Um, I don't know much about their personal history. I kind of, you know, did a Wikipedia search before I left. You know, it's very cool to find out all the things that they've been through. And um, when we were listening to them, when I was there, we saw them at the Rose Bowl. Packed house, 50,000 people. Um, dude, Mick talks just like he's 30 years old. He moves around like he's 30 years old. The drummer, dude, is so, and I forget his name, I apologize, but it, he, just, he looks so funny. He's so old, and he, he looks like he's just going to work when he's right, drumming. Right, right. Like, he's just back there with a, with a stone face, just, gah, 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 just drumming. I'm <laughs> busting up laughing because they show the camera on his face a lot, and I'm just like, the guy doesn't give a fuck. He's seen so much in 50 years, like, it's nothing. So um, they sang, just like I talked to you before, every song was a hit. Everyone was dancing. 
having a good time. Um, they sing just as good in concert. He puts on a great show. And for me, that was one of the highlights because that brought me back to my younger years, younger years with my family. Mm-hmm. My my dad was a huge Stones fan. I, I vividly remember him wearing the tongue shirt a lot when I was little, you know, with yeah. the tongue hanging yeah, out. Yeah, the famous and, logo, uh, sure. Yeah, so that was a, a very cool experience for me. I wish my dad could have been there. I, I invited him. He didn't go. He had to work. And I go, you suck. This is your chance. And he didn't go with me. But I brought my other buddy, which was cool. But, yeah, they were really good, man. I, I would recommend it. And uh, I know a lot of people have been saying this for about 20 years. Better go see it before they die. Right. They're, they're still kicking, dude. They're 75. I think the drummer is 78 years old. Got to be, so, yeah, yeah. They're they're not a band that I ever really fell in love with, other than like mm-hmm. I like Paint It Black and a couple of the big songs, but but yeah, I would love to see them just to say that I see them, like I saw them. I mean, um, like I'm not a huge fan of Kiss's music, but I got to see Kiss in '97 when they first went back into makeup, and oh, wow. and that was badass. You know, it was an experience. It was a hell of a show. Um, so that, that's one of those things I feel fortunate for to see. I missed like you. I missed Black Sabbath. That was my bucket list band that I missed. Yeah, yeah, but uh, Maiden is the other one. I got to see Iron Maiden, and unfortunately, they sell out so fast, it's almost impossible to ever get tickets. Dude, that was insane. So, Rolling Stones, like I'm like you. I wasn't. I'm I'm a fan. I like the music, and I appreciate all the hits. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, it wasn't something I listened to all the time. I just remember that's when I was growing up. So it's just like you. I had to go see them for the sake of seeing them. Absolutely. Right? And um, my other bucket list thing that I saw this this past year with, with Steve was Bob Seger. Oh, yeah, that's so right. You guys did go to that. We, yeah, I grew up, so in my mom's funeral, she was a huge Seger fan, so we played Bob at her funeral, so that resonates with me a lot with Bob, so I went and saw him, but he's actually really good, too. Another great concert. Um, for an older guy, he, he kills it. So Yeah. Um, past that, man, I think uh, bucket list that I would, would have loved... Um, to seen was would be the Eagles. Yeah, that's probably the best concert I've ever seen as far as music, just musically unreal. Um, you know, not not a huge stage show, not you know, which I I when I go see I a don't concert, care about that. I see, I do. Music. If I'm gonna yeah. if I'm gonna spend fifty to hundred and fifty dollars to go see a concert, I don't want like uh, everybody around here loves George Strait, right? Well, he just sits on a stool. I'm not gonna pay to go see that. I want. Yeah craziness i want fucking explosions and you know like mate with maiden bruce dickinson running around jumping off the monitors like yeah i need a show so that's important to me as far as a concert like ozzy was one of the best concerts i ever saw back in the 90s now not so much because he just he can't move anymore so yeah explain that to me because i don't know much about i mean i know ozzy but so how old is ozzy now and is he and he's still is he still touring? Oh yeah, the, actually, uh, the the year that I met you, when I came and, and met you person, uh, which was what three years ago for Vet Nationals. Yeah, they headlined the Glen Helen. Uh, uh, damn it, what's the damn big tour? Um, one of the big festivals. I can't think of what the hell it's called now, but it was playing at the Glen Helen uh, Amphitheater that Saturday night. So we went over and and Ozzy was playing that night. No shit. Yeah, he still tours. Sharon's gonna make him tour till he dies. I mean, that's just the way it is. I thought they got divorced or some shit. Uh, I think they figured worked it all out. They've been together so long. Oh. Yeah, so I'm pretty right. sure they're still together. But uh, and she's even if they're divorced, she's still the manager. She runs shit. 
Oh, wow. Okay. But, um, I mean, he still sings pretty well, but there's a lot of backing tracks now, and he, he stands in front of a monitor to, to read the lyrics, and he just can't. He just can't move. As oh, far as, wow. it, as his age, oh God, I think he was 18 or 19 when the first album was recorded, which was like 69-ish. So you're looking at what, 70, 80? Yeah, mid-70s, I guess. Yeah, he didn't age very well. I think he went hard in his life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he definitely did. He actually looks better now, though, than he did in the 80s. I don't know if you've ever seen pictures of him when he was like 250 pounds and ballooned up. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah, he had some years where the alcohol was really took a hell of an effect on him back in like so i learned i learned while i was at the rolling stone concert from a huge fan and i don't know if this is true or not but she seems to know a lot about nick yeah that he never got into drugs or alcohol oh wow i wouldn't have thought that yeah so yes neither did i i thought he would have went hard just like ozzy right right i heard that he he runs a lot he's active and relatively i guess for the most of his years has been clean that's got to be hard to do on the road. You see all these musicians that, you know, turn to substance abuse because, and they talk about, it, you know, there's just nothing to do on the road hardly. You're stuck in a hotel room or a bus, and it gets handed to you all the time for free. To be able to say no to that, that's a strong-willed person. Right, and then just think of how much pussy that guy's had. <laughs> yeah. Dude, think about it. Like, that's what I told my buddy on set. I was yeah. looking at him and I go, dude, how much pussy has that dick seen? It, it's seen a shit ton, dude. Like, I couldn't even believe it. And he's married to some 35-year-old chick. Oh, really? Yeah, dude. Like, it's insane. It's like, the rock star life. That's what I think about. I'm like, how are those guys... Hey, Dick hasn't fell off yet. Right. Or just got some you know, STDs up the ass, dude. Like, man. Yeah, you'd have to think... that that would be my go-to. If I'm a rock star, yeah. I'll be banging chicks. I'll right. I'll be banging chicks all the time. Yes, that that's definitely part of the lifestyle. I'm with you, man. When I like, I see my buddies. A lot of my buddies are in bands, even just local bands, and you just see the chicks throwing themselves at them. You're like, oh, okay. Dude. What's the movie with Mark Wahlberg? Rockstar. That's yeah, awesome. Rockstar. Yeah. I, I was like, dude, that'd be so rad. I love that movie because of all the actual musicians in that movie. Like, there's I, every I spot all the guys. You know, like Zach Wild and. Uh, Shit, I can't remember who all's in it, but that that's so a who cool... is Zach Wild in the movie? Tell me who Zach Wild is. He's the guitar player for the band, for his band. Oh, okay. So right. I can't remember off the top of my head all the guys that are in that band right now, but they're all pretty much famous musicians that play his Mark Wahlberg's band. Oh, no shit. And then if you... Do you remember the band Steelheart? Yes. Okay, so that singer from Steelheart does all those vocals. So if you go back and watch that movie... And he's the guy. Oh, no, I take that back. So he does all the vocals for the movie, but then the guy at the end that Mark Wahlberg hands the mic to to take over his yes. spot. Yes. I'm pretty sure that's Miles Kennedy, which is the singer for Slash and Alter Bridge. I don't know who the hell that is. Um, okay, Alter Bridge is basically Creed, but the new singer. Oh, where's that guy at? Let's Creed do that. Uh, he just kind of disappeared because he's a dill hole. Nobody cares, likes him. He's a weirdo. He, I don't care what you say, dude. Creed's a good band. You can talk shit. No, Creed or Nickel. Yeah. Creed or Nickelback. I, I like it. Ugh, I can't do Nickelback. Um, Why? Just I don't like the music, man. I think it's cheesy music. Really? Yeah, I, I think they're cheesy band. Oh, dude, I, I'm in a Nickelback. You can talk shit. I, I like it. They I'm not gonna talk know. shit. I just don't love them. But but like Scott Stapp from Creed, who you know preached all this Christian stuff, was actually a real douchebag and treated women bad. Like, there's a lot of stories. Actually, one of my friends, um, 
who was involved with some guy, a guy from the, one of our local rock stations, met him, and he was yeah, really treated her like shit, and he was just really? not, he was an asshole. So people really can't stand him. But um, uh, yeah, but Miles, but Miles, yeah. Hey, I'll admit when that stuff came out, I liked it. I really did. Oh, dude, I like it too. Yeah. Oh, my wife just came home. Can't hear back side. We're doing interviews. Hey. What's up, Heather? Nothing. How are you? I'm doing good. We're just talking about some music and uh, concerts and all that kind of stuff. Say no to country. Dark side. Yeah. I I told Dark Side about how I make you listen to music. Yeah. <laughs> so what does music? I tell him what music does to me. So he knows. Oh, it makes him cry. Yeah, he told me that. Well, I told him a story yeah. about where I cried when I saw the Eagles. So I, I'm I'm just as emotional as Chris is. What's even better is when we went to Third Eye Blind with Steve and Pookie. Steve and Chris both cried. Really? They both they both had tears in their eyes. That's really that's, that's some good dirt. That's, that's, that's top three, top three concert. Dark Side is Third Eye Blind. Yeah, I, I like those guys too. Heather, what's your favorite concert you've ever seen? Okay. I thought you get Oreo. I didn't realize. Uh, she... Yes. Yes. What's your favorite concert you've ever seen? Ah, uh, my favorite concert. Mm. I mean, I'd be super lame if I said Britney Spears. No, that's your but favorite. That's, no, that's not my favorite. Not my favorite. Okay. Uh, probably, probably Goo Goo Dolls. All right. Counting Crows. Oh. Um, let's see here. Lifehouse. Tell tell me about uh tell me tell me about Dangerous Summer or with the guy following you on Instagram or whatever. Oh, Dangerous Summer! I love them now. I was actually just listening to them in the Jeep on my way home. That's what Chris is. That's what Chris is telling me. Yeah, I love them. They're so good. We're going to see them in November, and I'm really excited for that. Awesome. Chris is super jealous that I have a relationship with the late singer on Instagram. Yep. He's very butthurt about that. He admitted that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. But he just started following him, so now he's excited. <laughs> That's funny. He, he told me all that. That's great. So I told Pookie the other night in an interview I did with her, we were talking about music, that although I am a metal guy, I became a big fan of Madonna because my buddy has been her guitar player for almost 20 years now. So uh-huh. in 2000, we flew to Detroit and saw her, 2001, and saw her live, and she blew me away. So I, I feel you on the Britney Spears thing. I mean, I think Madonna's a little better than Britney, but... But, yeah, uh, Madonna's definitely more iconic than Britney, yeah. but I just I grew up with Britney. Sure. I went with Pookie to see Britney and yep. we had a really good time. That's cool. That's cool. But I mean, I think Goo Goo Dolls are probably like my probably like my absolute favorite. I just I love the Goo Goo Dolls. Chris loves them. We've seen them several times together. Then the Mike House, that's like probably our two. I'm gonna have to check them out again because when the album came out with name and all the big hits or whatever, I had that album. Mm-hmm. I remember kinda liking it, but I but it was so long ago, and I haven't listened to it probably since it came out. So I needed to recheck them out. So let me tell you a story about the song "Name." That yep. Chris played it for me. And he goes, "When I die," and I'm like, "Oh, here we go." He goes, "This <laughs> is my funeral song." So he's like, "I want you to play this at my funeral." And I'm like, "Jesus, okay." So every time I hear "Name," I instantly start bawling because it makes me think of him, and I'm like, <laughs> "That's great." Oh, that's good yeah. stuff. That's good. But you guys. Then, they have another song called Come to Me, and he wrote that for his new wife, and it's a super little catchy love song, and I really love that song, and then Chris likes to grab my fat rolls, and he calls them to <laughs> come to me, so it's always an inside joke. 
<laughs> that's good. So that's another reason why I like the song, because it's like, come to me. He's like, let me grab your cup to me. Thank you all with my cup to me. Uh, that's awesome. You guys are so great. I love you guys together. No, oh, thank you. That's Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you coming on for a minute. Oh, no problem. Here's Chris. All right. Bye. Yeah, dude, come to me. Come to me. This is worth that. That's right. That's right. I love it. I like. I, I don't know if you heard what I told her, but I'm gonna have to check them out again, the Goo Goo Dolls, because I haven't so, listened to them in years. Busy up the girl. A gutter flower albums are good. Okay. Well, I'm. I'm so got notes here. Out, I've got notes here. I'm gonna download some stuff this evening and check it out. So I got. I got Dangerous Summer on here. Goo Goo Dolls again. So I'll check some uh, stuff Reach out. Reach for the Sun album. Yeah. For Dangerous Summer. Okay. Reach for the Sun. Or yeah. Mother Nature. How about uh, Steve's favorite band, The Charters Get Hip? What do you think about them? I, I, that's funny you say that. So we were talking about that the other day. I haven't listened to The Hip, um, but I just downloaded an album that he told me to listen to, and I was going to try to do that this weekend. Yeah. Um, but I, honestly, I've never listened to him. Okay. But the stuff that I heard Steve play, like sometimes before the show, we'll be chilling in, you know, in the studio, and we'll have some hip on. I'm like, oh, that's not bad. I kind of like that. So, But i got to be in a setting where I can really – listen to it take to it in if i like it you know? sure you know so i think uh yeah so i'm gonna try that yeah are the, you into them uh i watched the documentary on them on i think it's on netflix um yep. a few months ago and yeah i really enjoyed the music from the documentary uh the stuff i've heard of them uh, as far as studio stuff i think is really good too so yeah I, i'm kind of getting into them okay yeah but it, i always got to it sucks like a lot of the guys that i listen to you know, like STT I and mean, yep. Scott Weiland, he's, he's gone. It's a lot of the, you know, Kurt Cobain. And oh, these man. Dudes are just leaving, you know, and they were such... And I don't know about these dudes, and maybe it's me getting older, it's like the cliche old man thing, but I feel like music is just not the same, dude. Dude, I, I 100% agree, and I don't think it's old age. I think I don't think there's any band out or any rapper out right now that 30 years from now, people are still going to be like... Like like Led Zeppelin, right? Or or the Eagles that are like, right. holy shit! Do you remember? Like, I just don't think these bands are going to stand the test of time. No, and there's it, what what good rock band is out right now? Like Rival like, Sons. Rival Sons. Rival Sons. I have to get that in there. Then. Yeah, I'll send I'll send you some stuff. There's some bands that are pretty damn good that um you just don't hear about them because radio is basically dead, um unless right. you have satellite and you have. Um, there's some good stations on, you know, Sirius XM that play some of these bands. There's a band out of Austin called The Sword that I absolutely love. Probably a little out of your comfort range, but uh-huh. there are some good bands. They just don't get any radio play. Instead, they play Five Finger Death Punch and bands that are just commercially successful, but not really necessarily even that talented. We uh, another big band that I like too is called The Starting Line. And okay. Every time I wear their shirt. Uh, they're like, oh, is that a dirt bike thing? I'm like, no, it's a band. And we re- recently just went and saw them in Hollywood. And it's more, it's more bubblegum punk kind of stuff. Uh-huh. But, uh, man, I tu- actually I turned AC onto it, and uh, he loves them. So that's another band that was big part of Heather and I. Oh, yeah, and Angel. I told him about Angels and Airways. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, that's cool, man. Well, Steve, uh, Chris, I feel like I said I was about to call you Steve. Because uh, we're talking about Come math. On, we're talking about Jeez. math this, but... Uh, <laughs> Kiefer, man, I appreciate you. I, I, this has been a, a long time coming, but I think this was a really fun pod. I've had you on here for almost an hour, so I don't want to keep you too much more. Heather's home. Nah, I love. I could talk about music all day, dude. Like I'd rather talk about 
uh, relationships or music and dirt bikes. I talk about dirt bikes a lot. <laughs> right. So. Well, you maybe Speaking maybe dirt bikes. We will we will talk about one thing dirt bikes related though. Okay. What are you going to? So you going to uh, Swan? Is this this weekend? Yeah, it's tomorrow and Sunday. Yep. All right. So you make sure to Lane Shaw. You better win, or he can't come hang out with me this this spring or this fall. Ooh, that's uh, that's t- that's gonna be a tough uh, act to follow because I think Cunningham's coming over. Um, okay. Kyle called me two days ago and asked me to bring him some laminates for his ex-friend goggles, so I think he's showing up. So Kyle, who else will be there? Uh, you know, I haven't asked anybody. I have to assume John Short's going to be there. Van Martin's probably going to be there if Lane's coming. Um, those are the well, only it's like going to be either John Short or Cunningham's going to win. Yeah, unless somebody you know like Ben Lemay came last year but he's not coming this Ben's year. up in Alaska right yep. now. Yeah, I talked to him so uh you know and then of course a few years ago Greg Albertson would come down and and him and Kyle would just clean house but um Oh, Jimmy Albertson you mean? Yeah, what did I say? You said Greg. Oh, well no, well yeah, Greg would come but <laughs> Jimmy would race. Yeah, Jimmy. <laughs> I don't think Jimmy's Jimmy anymore. I think Jimmy's someone else. So yeah, that's you know, I interviewed Greg the other night, and I wanted to ask him about it, but I just felt like that's probably not a position he wanted to be put in, so I left it. So that's I a, think he well, I think uh, his alter ego is making more money than Jimmy ever did, so why why fuck with Jimmy? You know, I guess, but it almost seems like that thing is like he takes it a little too serious, maybe. Like, yeah, I think he knows there's a shelf life there, so that's probably true. Why not hit it, hit it hard? Yeah, make all the money you can off of that before that. Before Ronnie Mack gets too old and he can't drag his leg in the dirt, you know. That's true. That's true. I guess you got to make the money while you can, because uh, I'm. Hell yeah, dude. That's what it's about. Like people always say, "Hey, did you make it?" To me, make it is being able to make a living riding your dirt bike, no matter how the fuck it is. Yeah. Try to do that, you know. Hey, how excited are you about Aiden being on a like he was on a 125, right? Uh, dark side. I, I don't know if excited is the word. I'm nervous. Yeah. I'm, I'm, we're going racing Sunday at a local race here, so he's going to race his first 125 race. What I'm excited. I, I like it. He's actually really good technique-wise. He's not the type of rider that rides over his head, so I like that, and I kind of instilled, in, instilled that in him sure. for a lot of years. So uh, I like that he's on a bigger bike, so we can share some parts now, so I have to get <laughs> other parts for his little 85, so that's cool. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, I'm excited, but I'm a little nervous. I don't know how my parents did it, dude, like, yeah, I'm actually thankful that my son didn't take to it. You know, one, I couldn't afford for both of us to race, and two, right. it's nerve wracking. I, you know, he only rode probably three times on a track, really, and I just okay. remember being terrified, like just riding. I couldn't concentrate on me riding. Yeah, so that was one of my things. Like when when he got into riding, I promised myself and Heather I'm going to teach him the correct way, technique wise. So when the time comes, he does race. The stress level is not as high. Yeah, I feel like sure. some of these parents just throw their fucking kids out there and let them just go and and learn by trial by fire, and you can't do that with this sport because bad shit happens. So, Absolutely. Um, I mean, bad shit can happen regardless, but your, your chances decrease if you teach them the right way. So hopefully I've done that. Well, in all his pictures and videos he posts, the kid looks like he's got some skills and some technique, so that's that's cool. Oh, I know. He talks shit all the time. <laughs> I'm coming for you, Dad. I'm coming for you. And I'm just like, you know what? You need to chill down, dude. Like, you have a lot of years before you beat your old man. You can talk shit how much you want. But he was all stoked the other day because I didn't laugh. I laughed him at 19 minutes. And usually I laugh him about 10 minutes in, okay. 11 minutes in. Yeah. So now he's on a bigger bike and we're at Glen Helen. So it took me 19 minutes. 
And he was on was only riding 80%, 75%. He's riding better. And I told him, hey, you're riding good. I took It took me 19 minutes. And he's like, all the way home, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Comes home, tells his mom, yeah, it took me 19 minutes. You know, I'm, I'm coming for you, Dad. I'm like, dude, you need to chill down. Yeah, right. that's that, that uh, all that testosterone. Just he didn't have no, he didn't know what to do with it. Right, I need to get some of me. I need some of that shit. Right, right, yeah, no doubt, man. I rode at Swan. <laughs> I, you know, I, I sent you the text. I went one one like two weeks ago or last weekend, whenever it was. But man, I, I don't have. Yeah, much. congratulations, dude. How many go? How many dudes in your class though? Uh, okay, so they gated us with ten guys, that, but there was honestly there was only five in my class, and there was five in the college or schoolboy class. But you beat all of them. I beat everybody, but the the two fastest kids in the schoolboy class. They the one kid. Oh, that's legit. That's a legit win. We'll take that. Yeah, one kid whole shot at me, and I was right behind him. And the other kid caught me on the second lap. And the first lap, the first moto, I thought he was my buddy because my buddy was riding a one twenty five, and I was not gonna let this kid go by. Um, once I realized it was somebody else, I let him go, and then I told him in this before the second moto, I said, "Dude, just scream at me. I'll let you go, so you can hopefully catch the other kid if that happens again." You know, and wow. he he came up behind me and screamed, and I kind of I let him did go. Did he listen to my podcast about track etiquette? I did. I love that one. I think I told you that was a great one. That was. A lot of got a lot of good feedback. You, yeah, you did tell him. Actually, it's funny because Lane hit me up today. He was at the track. He's like, some kid revved at me, and <laughs> I listened to your podcast. And I told him you should listen to your podcast. That's bullshit. The way you revved, I'm like, yeah, it's getting around. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I just told the kid at the starting line, I said, hey, if the same thing happens and you get a bad start and you're behind me, I'm not going to hold you up. I'll let you go try to catch that other kid. You know, just just give me a little panic rev or something. And sure right. enough. Just give it. Yeah, just, sure yeah, enough. Shoot a rev. That's all you do. Just yeah. shoot it. Bop, bop. Yep, I let him go. So, it, But, yeah, I went 1-1, led both our class from start to finish. But, honestly, it's the night track at Swan. It, it It's not that impressive of a win. You know what? It wins a win, dude. I don't give a shit. If there's two guys in your class and you win, you still want a dirt bike race. That's true. And I, I'm going to give some props. My my producer, TJ, who I was racing with, who's not here tonight, he probably won't even listen to this. He's faster than I am, but he's riding a 125. So he's out horsepowered anyway. And he stayed on Doesn't me. The whole, he stayed on me the whole time. So I'm going to give him a little bit of credit because I never do. Um, but, yeah. But it I, doesn't I was matter, ha- Dark Side. You, you choose what, what bike you want to ride. Yep. That's what you choose, and you race with what you got, and that's the deal. That's so true. You win, you win. You lose, you lose. Hey, it's it's all that Kiefer Inc. testing, uh, you know, sponsorship and uh, yeah. advice. You're getting you're getting smarter by listening. That's what. A hundred percent. Hundred percent. All right, man. I'm gonna wrap this thing up. Let you go spend some time with your family. Thank you so much for giving us an hour of your time tonight, and it was a fun show, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I had a great time. Thank you for calling. And, uh, hey, and also, thank you for sending Aiden Hess friends. He loves them. Of course. Even though doesn't wear them. He reps them hard. So yes, he I does. So I appreciate you doing that. Thank you. Well, and I told him once the new colors come out, which Rich is hoping mid-September, I will get him some new ones. So He'll be stoked. Yeah, well, uh, hopefully that new goggle is going to drop soon that we're waiting on. Yeah, Rich, what the fuck? Dude, I he's he's pretty stressed about it. I go, how's the new goggle, bro? And he's like, no, I don't talk to you about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, I, I called him. I sent him a text. I said, hey, when are we getting more goggle bags, and when's the new goggle coming out? And he said, both bad topics. Okay. Yeah. Hey, are you coming out for vets or not? Probably not. Why not? Because Amber wants to go on a trip that has nothing to do with moto for once, so I need to take what her. If I get, what if I get you a bike to race? <sighs> I want to come, man. Um. Tell Amber this is a deal. I'm just laying it out here right okay. now. Tell Amber. 
Kiefer's going to give me a bike to race. Yeah. And I'll pay for your entry. Kiefer Inc. will pay for your entry. <laughs> All right. Um, let me see if I can make it happen. Maybe I can bring her out there. And pretty lucrative, dark side. That sure, that sure is. I think I'm going to have to be in now. i got to start getting flights booked. Okay, so you better make a decision because yep. we can't have a half-assed dark side in this. No. So All right. got to start training. you got to get your shit correct. I'm going to make it happen now. All right. How about the 450 uh, shootout? Are you coming to Greg's place? Uh, yeah, I am. It's a whole nice thing. We don't want to talk after that. But, I, yeah, I am. Okay. Um, but everyone's doing a damn shootout now, Dark Side. I'm kind of over it. Okay. Um, but I do want to go do that back there because at least that is different because it's yep. different dirt. Um, I just feel like everyone's doing one out here. It's kind of the same shit. I always tell people shootouts are like a car accident. There's a lot of them. And every time you see one, you want to stop and look, right? Right. So it doesn't matter if Joe Blow is looking at dirt bikes. Uh, shootout or mine or Michael Lindsay's or MXA's, all moto enthusiasts go to each and every single shootout just for curiosity. You aren't buying a bike because MXA says this is a winner. No, but they're just giving you some tools. So for me, I would like I like breaking down every single bike, help the consumers to get the settings, mm-hmm. little tips and tricks. So that way, it actually. You know, helps you buy a bike. I don't know if shootouts are actually like they were back when they were actually helped you purchase a motorcycle. So I'm trying to evolve and adapt and, and do different things. So I don't want to be to do the same shit everyone else is doing. You know. Well, what you did last year with all the different uh, ability levels, age levels, yeah. weight levels, I know that worked because I heard a lot of people say stuff about it. You know, talk about it like, the, oh, you know, have it because. A guy like me who is not super talented, I'm a vet rider, I'm just a, you know an average rider, I, I don't care what, or I, I can't relate to what you feel, Chris, or I can't relate right, to correct. what Anto, or Michael Lindsay feels because you, I don't feel that. But when you right. have a guy that is at my ability level who maybe only can do a couple laps, you know, but he talks about what that felt like for him, that makes a difference to the consumer like me. Absolutely, yeah, and that's the good thing. I like that. Like, you always gave me shit. Oh, you got to... 280 pound dude on a bike it doesn't matter springs nope. are sacked out and i go well it doesn't matter a guy is going to be able to feel that guy's going to be able to feel something that another 280 pound guy is going to go by as well so yeah springs or not there's still other things about a dirt bike that you can talk about right absolutely so, um i'm going to do a podcast next week on all the 2024 50s just from my perspective okay and kind of lay that out there and get people and so what you said, and I'll, I'll get off the phone in a minute. You got me all hyped up. Now. No, you're good, man. Uh, I'm good to go. Uh, you said, hey, there's certain things that you feel that I can't. Well, coming from a production testing background for me, as I was brought up for testing, mm-hmm. I'm supposed to feel those things that you can or can't feel. So I need to relay each and everything to the average consumer. So when I set up a bike for Honda for production, right? Yep. I have to be able to relate to an average consumer. It's not, I'm not setting the bike up for me because, of course, I'm going to want stiffer this, a little bit faster here. I'm saying, okay, you, dark side, going to Swan, this is what you're looking for. I have to keep all of that in mind. So I have all these different types of riders in mind when I set up a production-based motorcycle. So for me, I feel like, and this sounds a little pompous, like, I feel like I'm pretty good at setting up a bike for the average guy that's listening to my stuff. Okay. So, um, but 
not, just like you said, not a lot of people know that about me, so that is why I have to have other things, other people, different weights, different sizes, different abilities, so they can relate to them. So I get that. You just can't be like, oh, I'm taking Kiefer's word for it because he said, you know, you have to hear someone where you can relate to. So I, I understand yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, it's great. Uh, if you do, if you make it up to Greg's place, I'm coming up. It's about three hours from me, I think. So. Yep, yep. No, so we're uh, end of October. Uh, I'm going to get those bikes up there and go from the shop and have two days, two different tracks. So, yeah, it'd be cool. So I'm sure I will be getting a hold of you, and he's having a few of his guys join as well. So, nice. yeah, it should be fun. All right, sounds good, man. Well, thank you so much again for your time. Uh, thanks to Heather for coming on for just a minute, and uh, you guys have a good weekend. All right, have a good long weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right, see you, Chris. See you, bye. Bye. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed that as much as I did. I want to thank Torque One Racing, our title sponsor, Shock Socks, All Sport Dynamics, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, Works Wheels and Mods, Extreme Colors, Kyle Tucker with Remax, uh, and Acherby's USA, all for coming on board and making these shows happen. Uh, this is something I've been wanting to do for a long time, and if you're not a fan of music, uh, you probably didn't enjoy it as much as I did, but it was a good time, and we'll be back next week with another show. Thanks for listening.